This is Blockbuster Film School Office Hours. Blockbuster Film School Office Hours. It's Blockbuster Film School Office Hours. Office Hours. Office Hours. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's Blockbuster Film School. It's Office Hours! Only the finest sound effects here at the Blockbuster Film School. My name is Alex Bonner, joined as always by the handsome, devilish Nicholas Souder. Um, excuse me. <coughs> Sorry, hairball. Hello. <laughs> as well as super producer Brian Tibbs. He has no- Hi. That's, that's his voice. Yeah. Hey guys, you want to record today? I sound like a weird ghost. Uh, that's not how Brian sounds. Brian's very manly. Yeah. Yes. Just like this. That nothing is shit. He you sounds guys, like a. This is just for the mic. Brian sounds like a vampire <laughs> who learned how to play drums on stage during a Nine Inch Nails song. Mm. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, everybody. Welcome in. It's office hours. So we're going to give you some recommendations. It's a little bit of a shorter, little, little snack of an episode. This week, we are doing Sally Field movies. <laughs> That's later. Sally Field's going to be a great episode. Yes. I think we can do a full episode on Sally Field. Your mama sure does care about your schooling, boy. That scene aged weird. Um, it was weird when it was yes, born. It was very weird. It was extremely weird. This week, we are doing television shows that were turned into movies. Our recommendations for the best. Maybe a couple of dumpster picks, because this may shock you. Movie nerds, but there are some really crappy ones, but also some really great movies made based on television shows or television segments. So we're going to go into it pretty quick. Maybe just you want to muse for a second real quick on maybe like the first, I don't know, first time. Well, her mom was asleep in the living room, <laughs> so we had to get on the floor. Oh, oh, that is Fiona Apple was playing. Oh, ooh, I'm, I not, I'm not even kidding. Um, It's the first time you ever... Had your nails done. We're going with that. Whatever. <laughs> Never mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyways, we're going to go into some picks. It was Cicero. There's a lot of, we should put it this way. It is an interesting phenomenon of television shows being turned into movies because that didn't happen right away. Television existed since the 1920s, but really for American audiences after World War II, movies had obviously existed since the end of the 19th century. And there was this great separation for a long time of TV and movies. TV actors are in TV. Movie actors are in movies. TV shows are TV shows. Movies are movies. They are cinema. They are different art forms. And as those borders started to break down, I'd say right around the 1980s, we started to kind of have definitely a lot of TV actors jump over to movies, a la maybe just comes to mind Michael J. Fox, Michael J. Fox jumping from Family Ties into Back to the Future and becoming this big movie star. Just kind of one that jumped to mind. But there's also uh, Vinny Barbarino. <laughs> He's kind of a famous Scientologist. Who's your favorite TV to movie actor, Nick? Just off the top of your head. Eddie Murphy. Ooh. And we'll kind of go into SNL, a very big element of television shows being turned into movies. And by the 80s and particularly the 90s, and it will kind of start with, spoiler alert, one of the ones on my picks, really kind of Wayne's World and Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers, two, 78. S- yes, two SNL movies 
that came from television as television properties that really uh, – also the Star Trek movies in the 1980s, Star Trek starting as a TV show. We'll kind of go into it. We'll muse on other ones. There's a lot of ones that are good, a lot of ones that are bad. But, Nick, do you want to start? What's a pick? What's a TV to movie pick that you have? My Bill Cartwright of the bunch Ooh. would be Traffic. Oh. The Steven Soderbergh film because it's actually based on a BBC program that started in the late 90s. I think it was 98. There was It's the same thing. It's like three storylines at once. It was, but this was about heroin, so it was like UK users, mm. drug dealers, and the people in Afghanistan making the heroin. And then the movie, you have the people using the drugs. You have Benicio in Mexico. You have Don Cheadle in America. And then you have Catherine Zeta-Jones trying to sell the product while her husband's awaiting trial. Also, Topher Grace smoking some Topher Grace, because Michael Douglas <laughs> plays the dad of... Um, Julia Stiles. Julia Stiles is not in this movie. The other one who looks like Julia Stiles. Swim fan, yeah. I don't know her name. <laughs> Helena Christensen, maybe? Yeah, yes, yes. Pulled that out of my ass. <laughs> but uh, I realize this movie's over three hours long. It has three very separate color schemes for each of the storylines. And the country they're in. Yes, exactly. I love this movie. I saw it in theaters, actually, and I saw it on the day of... Uh, Whatever we set the clocks ahead. So we saw it at 11 o'clock. We got out. It was for you. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. I really like it. Steven Soderbergh. And I would like to watch Traffic again. I haven't watched it maybe since around that time. I think I watched it on DVD from Blockbuster. I watched it in the theater and then watched a Blockbuster rental. But I haven't seen it since the mid-2000s. I have the Criterion, actually. Ooh, sweet. I got it from uh, one of those places in Milwaukee for like $7. My only beef with Traffic is then Paul Haggis decided to make a moron version of Traffic called Crash. That one has got nothing to do with Soderbergh. <laughs> it's not his fault. Can we separate it's Soderbergh and Haggis for the rest of our lives? Yes, absolutely. It's not his fault. It is not his. It is not Steven Soderbergh's fault. It's Paul Haggis' fault. Um. Okay. Well, my <laughs> one of my picks is... I don't think has anything to do with the heroin trade, um, but it is Pee Wee's Big Adventure. The first. Well, you're wrong there. <laughs> the very first, the directorial debut for Mr. Tim Burton of a feature film. Obviously, Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens, I'm a great fan of, and he had his television show. Obviously, it started as, you know, in the groundlings as a character, but truly Pee Wee's Playhouse. I loved as a kid, and then they made Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which, if you've never seen it, it still stands up. It is so good. It might actually, as much as I love early Tim Burton, it might be the best Tim Burton movie in terms of story structure and writing and messing with old cinema verite, uh, The Bicycle Thief, and trying something totally different. And do you like uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Nick? It's a great movie. Oh, you. <laughs> It does something that movies fuck up all the time. The characters do incredibly dumb shit for 90 minutes. Yes. But they treat all of them with respect. Yes. And that's what the thing is. If you don't respect your characters, you can't respect the film. And you care about each character. Each character has its own little weird arc. Each character is its own unique personality. And honestly, Paul Rubens, every time I see him in something, he's so winning, truly, is the term... 
I also think that's Phil Hartman's first movie. I would buy that. Also, Phil Hartman came up in The Groundlings with yeah. Paul Rubens. They were close friends. So, but yes, watch. If you've never seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure, I'm gonna my catchphrase: Pull your head out of your ass, please, please watch Pee Wee's Big Adventure. It's amazing. It really is. Anything that was stopping you thinking that it was goofy or a kids' movie, it is not. It's Tim Burton's first movie. It's really good. Uh, Nick, what's your next pick? This is a long way to get to it. Um, so at a premiere, Martin Landau was there. This is in 1996. And if anybody who was born in the 80s remembers Kennedy from MTV, mm. she asked him why he was at the premiere. And then he got super offended, walked <laughs> away, and then came back and yelled at her <laughs> for not doing her research. And like, Get off my lawn. Basically, like he, <laughs> he was like a shitty old man to her. And it's like, why are you even here if you don't know? And it was the premiere of Mission Impossible, and he was on the TV show of oh, that. Oh, I could understand. Yeah. That is a little bit of a... <laughs> yes. <laughs> but also, that she walked away, she's like, that show came out before I was born. So what? Anyways... You're a journalist, technically. <laughs> not really. She introduced fucking yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers videos for a living. Anyways, we're not here to dump on Kennedy. <laughs> Can we leave her alone? Just the, the Kennedys. Ted Kennedy killed that woman. Uh, sorry, what were we saying, Nate? He killed at least that woman. <laughs> um, I can hear the troops coming for us now. Anyways, no, Mission Impossible, and uh, I've only seen the first one and the last one, and the last one blew my fucking mind. Yes. It's so good, that insane, out of his fucking gourd mm. Scientologist yes. knows what makes visceral movie experiences and he mm. does it on a level that's uncomparable to anybody else because he, unlike Zack Snyder, which is an episode we just recorded, listen to that. Yes. If you have the Patreon, you should subscribe to our Patreon. Go do it now. Pause that's this. Nice It's going to cost you like $4. Anyways, he is a human being underneath all that Scientology shit and he can only experience life when it's, gonna kill him and he tries to get killed in all these movies so much <laughs> non-stop that it's literally just a series of will tom cruise die today and it's fucking amazing it really is and mcquarrie who directs those movies he is a master class director it really is and his action stuff even from the way of the gun i've liked his crazy version of action movies that have a psychology behind them have some brain behind them. I do genuinely like, I know we kind of differ on this a little bit, but I really like the Brian De Palma first Mission Impossible. I think it's really good as well. Still has the crazy Scientologist in it. Has John Voight. Has Ving Rhames. Delio's in it for a little bit. Yes. Doesn't have Shaun of the Dead yet, but I am a big fan of one and four, five, and six. Uh, the John Woo one is pretty stupid. <laughs> And has a Limp biscuit version I, of the Mission Impossible theme song. And don't forget Metallica. <laughs> yes. I disappear. Ooh, I don't know how that how it goes, but it's something like that. It really is. Yeah. Chocolate starfish. It's wow. It was very honestly. I can't tell if that was a Fred Durst impression or a. Jason Newstead impression. <laughs> it's, it it's, works both ways. It's very similar. They both wear a backwards hat over their eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah, no, I highly recommend several of the Mission Impossible movies. They've gone 
no offense to Martin Landau, but they're kind of one of those things that came from TV that I now it would make more sense where people would wait. That was a TV show because <laughs> it is such a monster movie series. And Tom Cruise would now show up and just you would think it's Martin Landau talking to Kennedy and then he'd pull his mask off and it's Tom Cruise underneath. Yeah. And then Kennedy pulls her mask off <laughs> and it's Brian De Palma. Oh, man. It's like, why don't you refer my phone calls? <laughs> I would watch the shit out of that movie. Okay. My- <laughs> so would I if someone else directed it. <laughs> My next pick on the Blockbuster Film School wall for TV into movies is a comedy that I just, I I constantly am getting people to watch. If they've never seen it, there was a lot of bad stuff that came out. But 21 Jump Street with Mr. Tatum. Did you write for The Post? <laughs> And um, Jonah Jonah Hill and Ice Cube, Allison Brie, Franco, the other Franco, the funnier Franco, but the less talented one. (laughs) The one who's married to Allison Brie. You son of a bitch. Anyway. Oh, wait. uh, Who's in the – oh, this is Brie Larson. Yes, Brie Larson. Captain Marvel. Yes, Captain Marvel is in it. It's – Phenomenal. Why am I – why – uh, Ruggle. Uh, Rob Ruggle. <laughs> Rob, Rob, Rob Riggle. Rob Riggle is amazing in it. I mean, it's one of the funniest movies I've seen in the last 20 years. And also, the action sequences are kind of fun and awesome. They are fun. It? And it flips the entire idea of the buddy cop genre on its head. One of the most meta movies ever it made. It really is. And it messes with high school movies and is meta about those. Meta about TV shows into movies. It's so smart and so well written. The second one is trash and is the exact opposite of that. But you know, you got to get that cash. Grab the cash with both hands and stuff it in your mouth and swallow it so that they can't get the cash from you. But that's all Jeff Bezos eats. <laughs> that's absolute. Oh, Jeff Bezos totally has like a little side of cash that he eats. Yeah, like it's broccoli. They steam, I'm, I'm, they steam up thousand dollar bills and he eats it. I'm sure at this point he's like shooting up between his toes, just like. Dollars that have been, like, burned and then mm-hmm. dissolved into liquid. Right. And they make it into, like, a lotion and someone rub it all over his bald head. Anyway, but 21 Jump Street is amazing. I honestly was apprehensive. If you've never seen it, I was apprehensive because they had made all these Starsky and Hutch and Ugh. they had, yes, they had made Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard. although we were talking about it, I have a soft spot for, you know, Johnny Knoxville and Stifler, and I felt bad for them because they were trying. They There is funny stuff in that movie because they are trying and they are two funny dudes, but that movie is crap. Yeah. 21 uh, Jump Street is funny yes. from start to finish. Yes, and really well written, and there's character Lord development. Lord Miller. Yes, it's so good. It's preposterously good. And if you've never seen 21 Jump Street, I highly recommend it. I think we're both big fans. We've watched it together yeah, a couple times. We, when we recorded our... Lost in the Ether Buddy Cops yes. episode, yes. which will come out when... <coughs> ACAP, sorry. <clears throat> yeah. I won't cough. <laughs> Fuck you, pigs. Um, when we defund the police, we'll put out our episode of Buddy Cops. Yes. Which we... Uh, it's not like we were like pro-cops during that. No, but we're not going to put out something fucking... Yeah, about yeah. cops. I get it. But Watch 21 Jump Street is also kind of meta about cops and brutality yeah. and screwing people over and arresting people for drugs for no reason. It's, I love it's 21. It's got everything. It's got everything. I love it. Uh, Nick, what's uh, what's the next on your blockbuster wall? Go with another sequel. Ooh. Adam's Family. Yes. Great fucking movie. Yes. No, Adam's Family was a really good movie. It really is. It really film. is. Adam's Family Values. 
is a perfect movie and expands <laughs> on the Adams Family universe. Yes. You have Wednesday and Pugsley going to camp. They're, oh my God. Just when they let the girl drown. Oh my God. And then they burn down the village. They have the Native then, American attack yeah. on the white people. Oh my God. <laughs> and then they end with them spit roasting the camp counselors, yes. Christine Baranski. And then you have, this is why this movie goes beyond anything else. The Miss America of Chicago, yes. Joan Cusack, yes, is amazing. She a plays Debbie, of Chicago, yes. Debbie the serial killer <laughs> who's out here to get Fester's money. Mm-hmm. Also, Christopher Lloyd, Raul Julia, Angelica Houston, uh, Carol Kane, yes, the dude who plays that hand, <laughs> Christina Ricci, yeah, yes, I, everybody, and, and also. Very often when anyone adds a new character into something, it sucks, right? But they had that baby. They had Pubert. Pubert. The stuff that... Woe to the Republic. <laughs> when they... There's an opening sequence where Wednesday and Pugsley are going to guillotine their little brother, and they dress him up like Louis the Fourteenth. He grabs the blade. <laughs> and, and say stuff like, you need to die for your crimes, you bourgeoisie pig. And then it cuts to this, like, baby wearing a, a wig. Did you do a little mustache on him? <laughs> it's amazing. It's so dark, but it's so funny. I remember seeing it in the theater and just crying, crying from laughter, and then watching it recently and still crying from laughter a few times. It's And there's also that part just in the very beginning opening when Angelica Houston just turns, I'm going to have a baby right now. And then they're at the hospital... And this fucking yuppie asshole little kid <laughs> is like, and then the start comes, and, 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 and then she goes, and then Pugs is like, yeah, our parents are having a baby too. And Christina Ricci goes, yeah, they had sex. <laughs> I remember serial killer murder trading cards. Yeah, so oh, much, so it's so much, good. It's so good. It was something, something from another planet. And it's not Robert Stack, but they have somebody in this mm-hmm. who's doing like serial killers on the list and she's watching herself and she has her news clippings up and like little pictures of her. And then she's like, and then, but the cash fades and you see her like flicking change away from the bed <laughs> or something. It's amazing. It's amazing. I also highly, highly recommend Adam's Family Values. My next on the list, getting a little, I'm going to do the 90s, the Brady Bunch movie. I think one of the ones that really kind of came out of nowhere and allowed these TV movies to be made in weirder ways was the Brady Bunch movie. And if you've never seen it, it takes place in the 90s. Yeah. But it throws the Brady Bunch in their total 70s-ness into the 90s, and they still behave like this. And they don't explain any of this. It's just happening. It's just... And it's comedy gold. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's a scene in there where Jack Noseworthy, who's from uh, Event Horizon, is talking about Marsha, and he goes, it's harder to get in her pants than a Pearl Jam concert. <laughs> also, why am I forgetting his name? Why am I... Uh, Gary Cole. Gary Cole. I yeah, mean, as Gary, dad. Uh, Gary Cole as Mr. Brady is amazing. And then uh, Old Girl from uh, right. Cheers. Yes, and, and I always forget her name, but she's super funny. She's was Ben Stiller's wife. She was in... Uh, Are they divorced? Dodgeball, I think so. I don't know. Christine something. Yes, is Marsha, and she's hilarious. And I, God, I always just forget her name because I'm an idiot. Um, Christine Taylor. Shelly Long is the mom. I mean, it's. Yeah, that's what I said. Yes, I mean, yes. But it's 
such a crazy idea for a movie, such a crazy idea for if you've never seen the Brady Bunch movie, once again, another one where they were They're still married. Are they? Yeah. Oh, good. Everything's okay. That's good. That's good. Oh man. Oof. The Steelers marry for life. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is what Jerry Stewart was always yelling. Yeah. We're married for life. <laughs> but same thing. There was a period in the kind of early nineties where there was reboots. There was the Beverly Hillbillies and a lot of these TV show Dragnet late eighties, which the Tom Hanks Dragnet is fun. It is good. I even think the Beverly Hillbillies has some funny stuff in it, but truly of those early nineties TV reboots that weren't horrible. The Flintstones garbage. We'll get into that in a second, but it's funny. It The Brady Bunch is the best of them all. It's really insane, and I have no idea how they managed to make this movie yeah. here. And also the second one, yes. which gets even weirder, because they also have that little bit where, like, Marsha and Greg, like, yeah. have that moment where they try to kiss. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and then it inspired an entire thing on Pornhub, an entire channel, an entire generation. All right, what's your next pick on uh, the wall, keeping this office hours chugging along? Well, here's the thing. I want to say The Fugitive, but I feel like The Fugitive is so beyond being so, a TV adaptation. It's not fair. It is good. Put it on the list. It, it's, it's, I don't care. Um, <laughs> it's what's the samples. So you have your JR90. <laughs> but I'm going to keep it. Oh, man. Beavis and Butthead do America. Hell yeah. I can't help it. It's so smart and how fucking Dumb it is. I know. Eric Bogosian's in it. It's, David Letterman. It's so insane. Robert Stack is in it. But it's also truly kind of the first Mike, Mike Judge Mike Judge movie. And as we've all come to realize later that Mike Judge is a genius. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And everyone kind of knew that from Beavis and Butthead. But him making Beavis and Butthead do America. Yeah. You really started to understand. This guy actually understands. Floris Leachman's in it. He understands something about America that yes, yes. we really that most of us aren't watching and don't. If this isn't the prequel to Idiocracy, oh my, nothing God. is. It's so good, it's so good. I remember I told you I I watched it on a school trip when I was like fourteen, yeah. and we <laughs> rented it at a hotel. Me and like four morons that I was in a, a hotel room with, and we got it off of pay per view, and then we like fourteen year olds slid cash under the door of our chaperone teacher who was, like, next door with a note that said, we rented Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> it was that valuable yeah, for us to watch it. It's still the only Red Hot Chili Peppers song I will listen to. Uh, roller co- Their version of Roller Coaster, it is a great, yeah. it is a great Minus cover. Minus the part where Anthony Kiedis, who at that point was a 40-year-old white man rapping. That is disturbing, yes. Yeah. Bruce Willis is in it, Demi Moore. This movie is hilarious, yes. and also just... You get to hear Mike Judge say like six times, whacking in my uh, camper. It kind of did create King of the Hill. Yeah. It really did. Um, you that boys were whacking in my tool shed? <laughs> Whack. Whacking. <laughs> I'm not even going to do a Beavis and Butthead impression, but it definitely, the fact that that level of satire, that one side of the generations couldn't understand it at all, and the other side was like, yeah, this is the world. Yeah. <laughs> We we get this. All right. We're almost there. I think the next two are going to be SNL ones for me, but number two for me is bum, bum, the Blues Brothers. Bum, bum, uh, Landis's 
directorial debut, still one of the craziest movies in the history of cinema, still one of the funniest movies in the history of cinema, still in a weird way, maybe the ultimate Chicago movie. I know it's of a Chicago that doesn't really exist anymore, but the attitude is there. (laughs) Back when Chicago had Steven Spielberg working (laughs) at the treasurer's office. At the Daily Center. Yeah, back when Steven Spielberg had a day job. Back when Carrie Fisher lived in Chicago and she would try to shoot a rocket-propelled grenade at you if you broke up with her. Back when Illinois Nazis was still a funny idea. And that everyone hated them. Yeah. And that people in Chicago wanted to kill the Nazis, not just be them. Um, well, there's still people in Chicago. There's a, a lot, lot of, of us. Most people in Chicago will still right. kill the Illinois Nazis. The problem is, outside of Chicago, yes. everyone's a fucking shitbag. There is a lot of shitbags running around yeah. to think Nazis are cool. Sorry for cursing so much, Brian, but it's Nazis. <laughs> they are Nazis. And you should try to run them off a bridge. Oh, my. <laughs> such a good... Also, Pier 1 Imports. This place has everything. <laughs> when they destroy that mall... Oh, oh, my God. That's one of the coolest and funniest action sequences in the history of cinema. Yeah. There are some of the coolest and funniest anythings you want. James Brown is in this movie. I mean... Aretha Franklin. <laughs> Aretha Franklin. The level... Of, it's the best musical in my mind... Ever made. I've, I, it's my favorite musical. It is amazing. It is amazing. It has the old SNL band in it. Secretly, one of the best John Candy movies. You guys want to orange whip? Orange whip? Orange whip? We're in the back of a truck. (laughs) Best Spencer Davis group cover ever. Uh, It's wild. It's a wild movie, and it stands up beyond anything that stands up from that era, in my mind. It's one of the great comedy classics, and if you don't like the Bruce... Bruce Brothers, the Chicago Bears 80s offensive line, or the Blues Brothers. I mean, you can kind of kiss my ass. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, so this time we're going to do something a little different. We're going to do a blockbuster film school dumpster, but it's going to be a blockbuster film school dumpster fire! (laughs) Fire sound effect! Uh, how does the dumpster fire work, you are asking? I will tell you. We are going to list off some rapid fire TV into movies garbage. And Nick and me are just going to say yay or nay, thumbs up, thumbs down, sacrifice them to our gods. Well, they're all, they're all garbage. We're gonna say they're all garbage, garbage. but yeah. yeah, right. Okay, here we go. Uh, the 2002 Scooby-Doo. So bad, I walked out of a dollar movie and wanted my money back. <laughs> I was ashamed. Yes. <laughs> okay. Masters of the Universe, starring Dolph Lundgren. So bad that Courtney Cox wouldn't be in something worse until Friends. I, <laughs> as a kid, I even knew it was crap, and I loved yeah. Masters of the Universe. And I kind of, even as a kid, felt bad for Frank Langella. I was like, you're a good actor. Yeah. All right. We actually watched that in class once, and this, as a class, we decided to turn it off. Oh, We'd films. rather do work. When we do our Canon Films episode, that'll be... In there, because it's, who boy. Twilight Zone. I mean, three people died. <laughs> and it destroyed John Lantis. Yeah. It is one of the great nightmares. We could do an entire episode about the fact that that is the ultimate blockbuster film school dumpster movie. The Flintstones. Fuck Starring. you. <laughs> Rocky and Bowwinkle. Eat shit and die. Wild Wild West. <sighs> The fact that Peters wanted that big old spider in there. Oh he literally made a movie. He just wanted a movie with a big mechanical spider. I don't care what I got to do. I don't care what I got to do. I'll do it. 
but I gotta make sure there's a big mechanical spider in there. <laughs> Barry Sonnenfeld was on such a hot streak. Yes. That he ruined his life and his <laughs> career. Think about it. Adam's family, Adam's family yeah. values, mm-hmm. get shorty, right. men in black, I know. wild, wild west. Toys. That was Barry Levinson. I know. <laughs> All these berries are the same. Uh, Dave Barry. <laughs> Lost in Space. Daryl Strawberry. Sorry. William Hurt. And Matt LeBlanc. Joey from Friends. Yeah. The Everybody. only thing I remember about this movie mm. is that it was on during a Stars free preview weekend. And my mom's like, we're not getting this fucking channel. I remember everybody's hair looked good. Their hair looked pretty good. A lot of good haircuts in that. That's it. Uh, The Saint. Wait, hold on. Wait. wait. No, no, no. Val Kilmer. Elizabeth Shue. No, 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 no. Wait, I got to remember this song. Oh, no. Oh, Sneaker Pimps. No. That wasn't the Saint soundtrack, though. That's It was. No, this is from um, High Maintenance. Mm. This movie's so bad, it ended Elizabeth Shue's career. It's like, what do you do, Elizabeth Shue? So, I don't know. Oh. This movie's fucking terrible. It's bad. Yeah. It is bad. Firewalk with me. I don't think it's a dumpster. I don't think so. No, but I mean. David Lynch. We just have to mention it. Yeah. It is not a dumpster, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you want to be frightened, it is not dumpster. I just had to mention it because we didn't. There's a lot of really good TV stuff that we didn't, uh, The Naked Gun, because it has a double murderer in it. It is a good movie. It is funny. Yeah. But it is hard to watch now because I'm supposed to think O.J. Simpson is funny. And I know that he killed his wife and her boyfriend. Brian, play some music. (laughs) Uh, Coneheads. This is the worst thing that happened in America in 1992 or 93, whatever year it came out. And there's a civil war in Kosovo. Yes. Yes. Very true. Stewart saves his family. Eh. I know. It's so bland. It might as well just be fucking applesauce. That's true. I got to say that Flintstones movie was such a hilarious mega fail. It was such a... McDonald's. McDonald's doesn't normally back mega losers, right? They don't normally have the Happy Meals and the Collector's Cups at McDonald's for something that is that bad. They were geared up. Even Godzilla, that was Burger King, okay? I see, like, even as a kid, I was like, man, if McDonald's, even as a weird little movie nerd, if McDonald's is back in this, this movie's going to be good. It's got to be. Whenever McDonald's backs something, it's like a it's Toy Story or something. You know, it's it's good. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. This is trash. This is... I know his wife died, but it kind of did also make Rick Moranis quit acting. <laughs> he was so mad. Well, he was in Little Giants after this. Which I would... If you held a gun to my head and said, you have to watch Little Giants 100 times in a row or the Flintstones one time... I think I would take the <laughs> the little giants one. I'm sorry. And no, I had things to do. I'd watch Flintstones. <laughs> uh, maybe we should watch. Maybe it secretly is good now. Hold the gun to my head. But I remember thought. watching it. I remember I saw it in the theater with a packed theater. And even as a kid said, nobody is laughing. This is. Yeah. And they're trying. They're doing what appears to be gags. They are not funny. I felt bad for John Goodman. <laughs> I felt bad for a lot of people in that movie. John Goodman's fine. Chuckle is great. You're out of your element, Donnie. All right, so 
that was my rapid fire dumpster. You got anything that's popping in your mind for the dumpster other than those? I mean, I know there's those '90s ones and 2000s ones of the Dukes of Hazard and I don't know chips. I'm never gonna watch that. <laughs> Dax Shepard should stop everything he's doing. At least making chips reboots. Yeah, he just definitely should stop that. Just do whatever Kristen Bell wants you to do. Be a good husband. <laughs> Fair. Where's your kids? There's some Dax Shepard stuff. That's good. Come on. All right. So name we're gonna, ten. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's. Uh, well, we're gonna order our last one here at the office. What's your last pick? Or your blockbuster wall of good movies. Yes. Not in the dumpster. Here's the problem. This mm. uh, The idea of this originally was going to be movie spinoffs. Mm. And my lists got combined. So my number one for this is still Creed. That's not an adaptation of a TV show. So instead, I'm going with Jackass 2. Yeah! Oh, man. When they shoot that mega riot gun oh at them. Oh, my God. And only three of the jackass guys are brave enough. Also, R.I.P. Ryan Dunn. R.I.P. Yeah, for real. And Rip Taylor at the end. And yeah, this movie uh, transcends the fact that it's literally... And just the opening of them running with the bulls. Mm-hmm. This movie knows it's a clip show, but it's the best clip show ever. It's so wild. And he directed The Dirt. He directed, like, I'm blanking... The, Jeff Tremaine. Mm. Jeff Tremaine. I like his movies. I like They're good. They're he's, fun. He's wild style. He is the perfect director for this. He actually finds storyline within a clip show movie. Yeah. It's and I, also the you said they uh took the super mega riot gun. Mm-hmm. There's a part after he does that where uh Knoxville gets up and he's like everyone's covered in bruises, yeah. they're all dying, and he just sort of gets up and goes like Puts his hand in a circle around his face. He goes, how's this? And they're like, is this okay? They're like, good. Like, oh, yeah, we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> I was at work once, and this weird little lawyer woman who I just thought was the cutest person ever came in. <laughs> and we always used to flirt. And then she came in one day, and she was wearing, like, a mini skirt. And I literally fell from where I was and got lodged between a wall and the thing I was standing on. And then the dude who was working with me came around and was like, let me help you. I'm like, no, I have to do this myself. And I like unlodged myself and got out. And then I look at him. I'm like, how is this? Is this okay? We good? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, let's go back to work. <laughs> that movie is so ingrained Agreed. in me. Agreed. That's the first thing I do. After. Also, she never came back in. Oh, well, that's a sad, sad thing. Just want to end on a down note. <laughs> I like when they threw the snake in and locked Bam. Oh in the my thing, god! And Bam literally leans out the window and he goes, "I swear, I swear, I'll get you." And I, I, it sticks with me because the idea that he'd be so scared, but he still was sticking his head out the window. I swear, I swear, I'm going to get you in the most like insane film. A swarm will get you. I, it's that, that's not British, uh, but also Phil, the Philadelphia. End- Go and get <laughs> the ending of this where they get the guy from Broken Lizard, mm. Jay Shock and Draw, Shock and Draw to be the cab driver because that oh. one guy, Aaron McGraher, mm-hmm. had the racist idea of dressing up like a terrorist going to the <laughs> airport and then they shaved everybody's pubes and glued it to his face and then had that guy fuck with him. <laughs> this genius on so many levels, it really is. And the one guy had crabs. <laughs> They made done stuff a thing up his ass, a car up his ass. Car up his ass. All right, it's so stupid, but it's something. If you want to know what 2002 was like, 
I know it was made later, but if you want to know what 2002 was like, you watch Jackass yeah. 2. It's it's crazy. Also, real fast, mm-hmm. one part of that movie belongs to the dumpster. Paper cuts between their fingers. Yeah. So disgusting. Yeah, and some of the, there's some dumb, like, you know, poop stuff and mayhem like that. But, however, the part where Pontius does tie a bottle rocket to his dick and the... Mm-hmm. And then it blows up in his face. I imagine myself as like a medieval king that you would have a jester like now tie the bottle rocket yeah. to your dick. And, ah, 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 ah. Like also, Spike Jones <laughs> yes. does gags with them. Yes. He's one of the greatest film yes. directors of the last 15 years. Oh. And he's hanging around with a bunch of guys eating cow turds. And also and shooting in department stores. Being a weird old la- being a weird old man, weird old lady. Yeah. <laughs> like so. Yes, it's it's psychedelic. It really is. Um, if you want to know what stuntmen do when they hang out together, it's jackass too. My last, my final one is, of course, it's Wayne's World. Party time. Excellent. If you don't know that Wayne's World is good, then you're stupid. That's the end of that. That's, uh, I... <laughs> you want to talk about a movie that began the elements of meta and comedy, in my mind, in the 90s, that really started to do it talking into the camera in a way that was not Ferris Bueller, just genuinely doing something different. Take local cable access show and exploit them. I feel bad for whoever that is. Just that it's so insanely smart. It's Amy Ferris's best movie. It's... What? Amy Ferris, who directed that? Is it Penelope Ferris? Penelope Ferris. Sorry, Amy Heckerling, Penelope Ferris. Sorry, I had a little moment there. My brain connected two pieces. Terribly sorry, Penelope, but it is really, really good. And growing up in Chicago, it messed with me because I thought that was, I was like, Chicago is the coolest place in the entire world. And obviously, this is where all of this comes. And maybe it does. I don't know. But I, Wayne's World probably had more influence on my entire life than maybe any film that I've ever seen. And I know it was an SNL sketch, but tell me the part of that movie that A, doesn't stand up, but also is not still super hilarious and super, I show it to people, I showed it to someone who had never seen it and they were like crying from laughter because it's that good. It's crazily good. I don't know. What do you think about Wayne's World, Nick? It's one of the best comedies ever made. Yes. Yes. It truly is. And every time I watch it, it's. Not every time, but there's a lot of times I watch it. There's little right. things I pick up I didn't notice before. One of them is Rob Lowe explaining to Brian Doyle Murray <laughs> how the thing is going to go when they get the <laughs> cable show. And then he walks him out of the office. And, like, basically, he's like, Brian Doyle Murray says he wants to do one thing. And Rob Lowe's like, well, we're going to do this instead. And you're going to like it. And he goes, oh, well, okay. And then just he's talking about the parking. But then he <laughs> She'll just. She'll validate goes, you. She'll validate you. <laughs> Also, Roblo is the bad guy. Is yeah, Benjamin. Benjamin is no one's friend. If Benjamin was an ice cream flavor, he'd be pralines and dick. I got so obsessed with Wayne's World at one point, particularly me and my buddy Dave Lugo, that we knew Wayne's World so inside and out that we would talk about how when it came on television, they would back in the day. Also, something they used to do children was they would add a dub over something that was cursing or regarded as a line that you couldn't say on television with another line. And when Garth 
says that line on the TV edit. He goes, Benjamin is no one's friend. If he was an ice cream flavor, he'd be Jamocha almond idiot. And I, I don't know. I, they're both good. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's how good that movie is. That even their stupid direct to TV dub lines are funny. Uh, yeah, it blew my mind. I love Wayne's World and TV being put into movies has a lot to do with Wayne's World because if Wayne's World doesn't – obviously Blues Brothers, you know, was big. But Wayne's World blew up huge and all of these other yeah. movies after this were because of Wayne's Everybody World. Everybody had a recurring character that people liked mm-hmm. turned into a movie. Night at the Roxbury is a film. Yes. And we didn't even, we could do a whole episode on SNL stuff. There's secret gems like the ladies' man and a personal favorite of ours, MacGruber. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it doesn't matter because it's the end with Wayne's World. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing. And I love it. And um, I think that's it. I think that's our office hours. I think we did it. Hopefully, during the quarantine, if you're listening to us in a thousand years, we're in the quarantine. But If you're looking for something to watch, maybe a little something to play with, here's some ideas, some suggestions. Maybe some of the bad ones. Watch the Flintstones. Let us know. Hit us up on Instagram. Hit us up on Facebook. We have a Patreon. You want to throw us a couple bucks? That's fabulous. Rate and subscribe. Feel free. We we would love to talk to you. If you guys like the show, we love the shit out of you. So that's the office hours. Nick, you got any final thoughts on TV on the movie screen? Don't let anybody... Cattle brand your ass with a penis. <laughs> oh my god! Unless it's for a movie, yeah. that you're then gonna watch. Well, make sure because I'm some, gonna laugh my ass off. Make sure it's somebody with a steady hand, <laughs> because Ryan Dunn had the shakes that day, and looks like a 3D design. It looks like a fucking like um, what is it like the narrowing landscape? Also. A second, third RIP to Ryan Dunn because also the way he moves after that, he's like, oh, 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 yeah. oh. <laughs> so crazy. All right, that's how we're going to end it. Branding people's ass with a penis. Well, everybody, that was Blockbuster Film School. Listen to all of our office hours. Hit us up. If you have an idea for our next office hours topic, we would love to hear it. We love you guys. I'm Alex Bonner with Nicholas Souter. Hey. And, of course, Super Producer Brian Taps. We will talk to you Bye. very, very soon.